documented. Miracles happening today. Welcome back to another episode of Documented. Today we are here with Kelly Galvan again and we are going to piggyback on Diego Galvan's story from Don't Sell the Farm. It's episode five. So we're going to piggyback on that because I heard so many people after they listened to it, they were like waiting on the edge of their seats trying to what's gonna happen what's gonna happen and the amount of times that he said and my wife said you you can't go back and he then so calmly he goes so i went back and then all the wives at home are like ah you know it was such an awesome awesome testimony about god's intervention and so we invited her back after her testimony is awesome but we invited her back to tell her side of the story about god intervening but how she dealt with it as a wife and a mom so tell us how this started and then we'll just get right into this crazy story we were assistant pastoring in san diego we had a comfortable life we owned our home my husband had a nice job and if you heard the podcast, you'll hear that my husband is, he has this thought and, you know, he didn't know it was God at the time and said, you need to pick up everything, sell everything and go to Mexico and pioneer. And he's like, okay, I need to make sure this is God. So he said, if this is you, God, then I need you to speak to that preacher. We had a revival. It was Chris Hart. We did not know him at the time. So we go to the altar. I'm oblivious. I have no idea what's going on. You know, I'm just going to the altar. And, you know, we always go. And this Pastor Hart, he pulls my husband out. And he said, that thought, that city that you had in your mind, that's not your own thought. That's God. Wow. And I'm thinking, what? He says, okay. And, you know, he talks, you know, Pastor, and then, okay, we're going to release you. And we go, and we ended up taking my brother-in-law's church in Tijuana. Pastor Hart calls the bell. Yeah. What did he tell you? What did your husband tell you? He told me exactly how it happened. Your word for word, exactly what his thoughts were and, and what he had prayed of. And oh, so what you was your attitude? With that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's and go. There was just no question. Yeah. If he calls you, he's going to equip you. And that was, you know, my thought. And so do you speak Spanish? I do. And thankfully, God prepared me before. And my mother-in-law doesn't speak English. And I have a close relationship with her. And uh, when I was dating my husband, he would go to work. And on my days off, I would go visit her. And she was nervous. Cause, How am I going to talk to her? And there was no YouTube. There was no internet. This was in like 90. Too. Okay. So there's none of that. So she's nervous. So she's so patient and loving and she, but I wanted to know her. And so she grabs a dictionary, you know, it's a Spanish English and she points to it and then she would point to things. And, and over a short time, I just said, wow, I just understood everything she said. And it was just a miracle. And, wow. and then I spoke back to her and she's so patient. She would teach me how to talk and everything. But little did I know that God was preparing me for that years is so later cool. to be okay. in Tijuana where my husband would have to translate everything I said. Yeah. And, this whole time I thought you were Mexican. I was going to Born in Phoenix. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah. So he prepared us for that, which is, he started early, you know, preparing me and and so we did that. You know, we, we sold our home and then we, we had two kids at the time and we gathered them up and Rebecca was four and she understood a little bit of Spanish, but she wasn't interested and she didn't speak it. And so we moved and we went over there and I feel like God just prepared my heart ahead of time. This is going to be different. But this is what it is. This is what I want you to do kind of thing. So it was kind of like this fun adventure for me. And, 
And my husband is very um, protective and caring and, you know, wanting to make sure we're safe and everything. So he had more of, you know, a different experience because he wants to make sure, you know, we're good. But we just went all in. You know, there's something that carried me through. I think we're there like four and a half years. Is when you're doing the will of God, it doesn't even matter what happens. Because you're like, even when things get intense or if you think you're going to die or whatever. It's like, but I'm doing the will of God. Mm-hmm. I know this is God. Mm-hmm. I know that God brought me here. So I know he's going to take care of us. And I mean, and even if I die, I wouldn't want to. But you're died doing the will of God. So, and he... He equipped us to do that. And so there's so many stories and adventures that we had and that we can laugh about now. But at the time, it's like, I almost feel like God just like put us, put me in a spiritual bubble. Like I, I was in, it was enough to where I was aware of what was going on, but I wasn't consumed by it where it just didn't mm-hmm. bring this. As if you heard my testimony before, you could tell I was full of fear and I dealt with fear and, and not having courage and boldness and God, you know, helped me to have that and just... Your relationship with God comes absolutely into play when you're in those times. I know everybody says, trust in God, but like it's you and God and my prayer life. I would always pray, but it definitely intensified, you know, my faith. You know, are you going to believe? You know, like I said, we have choices. So I chose to, God, help me. I have faith that you're going to take care of us. And the outcome of this seemingly horrible situation was is going to be good and you're going to take care of it. And it just fortified my, intensified my walk with God. So, you know, my prayers were just more of deep hearted, mm-hmm. you know, from my soul kind of thing. And so it just really brought me closer, you know, to Jesus and my relationship and, and my marriage, you know, we were really close and, and, and my children. And then we were able to see people so broken just so broken and so needed and to see their lives change it was addicting and you just want to keep seeing it and helping people and my husband went you know some time ago and he saw one of the people that was saved under us and he was single and now he's married and they sent him out recently oh, wow. so just things like that miracles you've seen that just makes it just you just want to be in it involved in what god's doing and And it just consumed our lives in a good way. You know, this is God's will. We're doing it. We're in. And our relationship with God, like I said, was just so... We experienced grace and miracles on another level because of so many things. I remember, if you don't mind sharing some things, but I remember we were on this outreach. And it was this outreach from, you know, somebody in the States, a church that had come and they'd never been there. And they said, we want to go to the most wild place, you know, the the most dangerous place in my I was like, are you sure? Yeah, we want to go there. And so they took us there. And this man comes in. He's obviously demon-possessed. And he's like, where's the pastor? And, you know, so somebody points my hands out. He's like, well, I was told to come and kill you, you know. And he has a gun. And my husband's like, oh, okay, you know, I'm the pastor. And then all of a sudden he starts saying, I don't know what's happening. I'm burning, I'm burning. And then he starts rolling on the floor and he takes off. I mean, just stories like that. We had somebody um, coming into our church pretending to be part of the church who had set up a kidnap for my daughter Jacqueline and she had the paperwork and when I would go away and say if I had to like go off to the side she would take profile pictures of my daughter and she was probably like six months maybe and she you know they wanted somebody ordered a baby and just wanted like a certain you know blue-eyed you know blonde baby or whatever and she fit so she would 
come in and, and um, somebody alerted my husband. He's like, uh, you know, I just want to let you know this happened. So he, you know, being Wait, like, wait, wait, wait. How did she get discovered? How did this um, person figure well, it out? Well, the pictures were a little strange that you're taking. And again, this kind of... So someone cell noticed her taking oh, a yeah, picture. Really, yeah. Okay. You don't like move your hand with your baby. That's strange. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. you just don't do that. And just her behavior was off. And maybe they just kind of know that's the thing, that that's what people do like okay. we didn't really wasn't really aware of it so my husband's like i just want to let you know what i saw what i think and, and he's just like oh no this is not acceptable this is not happening and he just sat her down and just brought her in the office and she had like a file and the kid on her and my daughter you know that she somebody paid twenty five thousand dollars wait so did she end up showing the file to your husband i think so i wasn't in there something like that she was deaf close and so he you know my husband wanted all the deep you know what's going on and so she told him he was just you know aggressive about it so she ended up fessing that someone had paid twenty five thousand dollars for a baby the person who went after and this is not right, blah, blah, blah. And he yeah. is so bold. He's such a gangster. I just love yes. it. I yeah. Know. I know. He is dominion. I call him fearless. I'm like, you know, he's just, yeah, dominion. Yeah, he took dominion. Yeah. This is unacceptable. You are not going to do this. And, you know, and then he just found out all the details and, and just popped the girl. And, and, you know, so many moments like that where it's like, God, how is this going to work? <laughs> you know, like, how is this going to work out? But he would always come through and do big miracles and just do these. Oh, I didn't think it was going to turn out like that. It was always something better than I expected and just story after story and I think what was wonderful for me is just having you know as you've you've heard my story before my kids growing up with their dad who's a real Christian who loves God who loves his wife who loves people who's serving God they they get to see it you know all my kids Mm -hmm. my four kids they get to see that which is a total miracle from if you heard my testimony before and hands on a man of faith, you know, who mm-hmm. believes God even when things look really scary and like, I don't know, God, how is this gonna work out? And they and they got to see it. And that means so much to me. Just how we got to love people and see people grow and change and be delivered and have to see the difference in their lives. But they were just so open and so, you know, beautiful people that we got to experience, which it was such a privilege. I, I can't even imagine not having that experience it was just so fulfilling you know and to experience god like on a level like that it was just it was just a miracle you know we experienced a lot of supernatural things too like okay (laughs) so when we moved there there was this man coming to our church and he was writing down names of the people in the church but not for the good like i guess he turned out to be a witch so my husband grabs him in the office and tells him, I want all those names. I want those names. No, and he's you will give me those names. And he's just telling him, and the man goes, this is, I'm, I pray against that. as acceptable. And he just took dominion and broke whatever curses he wanted against our church. And then another time we came out and there was like this dead chicken with blood on it, like in front of our door. It was like, like a sacrifice thing where the neck was broken. Your door to the church or your door, door to the house? house. Oh, wow. So my husband somehow knew who it was, goes to his house. Yeah, I tell you, yeah. yeah. I became a woman of prayer. Yeah. <laughs> Cover my husband. Yeah. Cover our family. Yeah, yes. definitely. And he drove to the house. I want to talk to that man. And I guess the man was hiding behind his wife. And the wife's like, he's not here. Yes, he is. He's right there. I want to talk to her. 
And he just said, I want, I just want to let you know that we're real Christians and we're not afraid of you. And I break those curses that you put against us. And then I, and then he just starts, you know, oh, wow. against it. And just so many stories like that. It's just, and that's yeah. so powerful because yes. people who are involved in witchcraft are very superstitious. Yes. And so if you're bold and you say you're going to send it back and you're going to rebuke it, like they'll back down because they're in fear. Yeah. 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 That's so cool. Well, I think it's so, it makes a statement of dominion, you know, Yeah. to say, I'm not going to be afraid of, you know, the devil and, and people. And it's not a pride thing. It's just, I trust God. Mm-hmm. I'm a Christian. It's a confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An assurance of who I am in Christ. Mm-hmm. I am a Christian. I know who I am in Christ. So I'm going to be bold about it. I mean, people are bold about their sin. People are bold about, you know, their wickedness. So mm-hmm. we're going to be bold about mm-hmm. what we believe about about Jesus and and what He does for us. So there you, you know, it taught me a lot, and it was it was so refreshing. And God always covered us, and then we'd have breakthroughs and new people, and and you know, it's just such a precious thing to experience. It's awesome. It's so Tell cool. us about the mafia. I'm dying to hear about the mafia. If you heard the story, we were. Uh, my husband witnessed to our next door neighbor. How long had you been in Mexico? We were kind of at the end. So we had been there four and a half years and we were about ready to leave to okay. go to Las Vegas to assist. But, you know, the, the mafia is always, you know, they're the crime. And, and that's the one thing is that you learn to, you have to make a decision. You know, I'm going to, you can't be silly and ignorant and walk around alone at 12 o'clock at night, you know, and carry a big purse and flashy things. I mean, that's just silly. But you also can't live in fear all the time. If you give in to fear, it will consume you. And then you won't live the life that you're supposed to live. And then you'll be a prisoner of fear. And of course, nobody wins if, you know, bound by fear. So it's a decision that you make, you know, to, I'm not going to be bound by fear. Then I ask God for wisdom. So the the violence was always big. So we always had dogs and we always had, you know, locks and security and bars and everything. Because you just, you want to use wisdom, you know. And nothing had really ever happened to us. But and God, even in that sense, had always protect us through that. That was funny. I'll back up a little bit. But sometimes people used to visit Tijuana and they would get sick. Like They would get like food poisoning. We never got sick. Oh never got wow. food poisoning. And we went, we ate and all over good. the place. Yeah, we ate good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we never got sick. And just God protecting us. But right before we left, we were witnessing to the neighbors and I, um, I like look and everything, which is another miracle. It's, I don't know. Just, I didn't know. And I asked God to help me. I had to learn how to cook. And so I was started cook. My husband said, how about, um, we just got to, you know, the lady next door and, you know, she'll come around. So I started cooking for them and then, you know, we made friends. And so I was witnessing her and she got saved. And so, you know, long story short, her husband was involved. Like he was like one of the higher ups of the people in the mafia and the narcos and everything and and so he was mean and it was scary i mean i i honestly say i really fought fear with that because when you come to a place where you don't regard life it's not a big deal to be violent like that and take somebody's life it's just just a day in the life yeah it's just normal or for them or whatever it it does bring fear so it, it was scary but so let's let's go into this so she is at your house yeah. for dinner. Uh-huh. And how long after that? So you, did she get saved that she day? She got saved. Yeah, I think the, within that week. And then did she start going to church with you? She started coming to church and she had like three kids. Was he upset about her coming to church? Yes, he was upset. I see. 
Yeah. So maybe, what about it? Was it because she was different or he just didn't? Why was he upset she was um, going to church? It probably was a control thing. Okay. Or, you know, all kind, you know, sin. And then probably you're forced to look at your own life, you know. Right. He was convicted. And convicted. Yeah. Okay. So she started coming to church with black eyes, but she was still coming. It's pretty obvious and pretty evident. Yeah, and then she would go back. And then he just said, well, I'm going to go over there. And at that point, I'm like, oh, my goodness, you know, I just need to pray. Just, you know, and he went and he just confronted him, you know, with the sin. Where were you when he Oh, I was in my house. So were you praying the whole time? I think so. And then I was with my kids. Jackie was a baby. And then I had Becca and Gabriel. So I just stayed home. And and then... um, he just told him, you know, you don't want this. Look at your children. Do you want them to marry somebody like you? <laughs> but I mean, he's, you yeah. don't want that for your kids. You know, yeah. you can change. You know, there's hope yeah. that you can change. And then I guess my husband left and he was upset. I mean, the man was really upset. Like, I'm going to kill this guy. That's it. You know, I've had it. Blah, blah. Did he tell him he was going to kill him? But I think he told his wife or something. Oh, okay. that he's going to kill him. And so the man goes in his room for three days and doesn't come out. And so the wife tells my husband, I don't know what's going on. My husband, like, locked himself in a room. He won't talk to anybody, but he wants to see you. So I'm like, are you going to go? <laughs> and no, I, no, no. I know, yeah, exactly. So I know what the answer is. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go. Like, oh, God. And I, you know, like, you know that you can lose your life. You know, this man's angry. It's like, I know, but I, I need to go. I can't just ignore that. And so he goes and then he's like, let's like sit down, whatever. And no, I wasn't there, but you know, he was telling me. And he actually is like, you know what? I got saved, you know, and I, or my husband asked if he wanted to pray. So he prayed and then he, he did. He got radically saved and, he, you know, he had this beginning relationship with God. Like he got it. He just, his eyes were open. And, but then he had to... He said he threw the drugs away. So I don't know uh, how much it was, but that's, you know, that's what caused all this. You know, then they came and and we had to hide them and they almost killed my husband and and our family. And then he, um, they beat the girls, like the little girl, like they broke her jaw. I think she was like his daughters, you know, the couple's daughters. I think she was like four years old. And they, to back up a little bit, I remember just, we went home on a Sunday afternoon after church and, you know, you have your glorious naps. And my oldest (laughs) son was not there. He had went to a friend's house. So um, now seeing it, I know God was just like, he was older, so it would have affected him, you know, more. But there was Rebecca, and I think she was eight, seven, and Jackie was just a um, little baby, and me. And then we took a nap, and we hear this screaming from next door. And, and it's just like, Pastor, you know, Pastor, help me, help me. You know, they're here. And then the mafia come and then threaten their lives. And I'm like, you know, if you're going to go, you're probably not going to make it. I know. He's like, I'm sorry. I have to do this, you know. Okay. I mean, I can't sit here and hear a child getting beaten, a woman, you know, needing help. And, and he knew the intensity of it and what was going on. So I stayed back with the kids. And honestly, I don't even, again, God had just put me in this bubble. I wasn't even aware of everything that happened. Like he told me later what happened, but he said that he just, you know, went over there and and they threatened his life and, and just all this, you know, stuff happened. Rebecca, my daughter, who's seven, she grabs a BB gun and she said, please, dad, help me. I don't want to die, you know, and that was hard. She had like a panic attack and and I thought, wow, you know, we 
you need God and we need help us. And so long story short, um, you know, they left. A miracle of that just doesn't happen mm-hmm. because they were pretty upset. And somehow they just left after arguing and like God protected us again in a huge way. Like that never happens. Yeah, it's no just, way. Yeah, because they were as upset as they were. And so we left and we got our stuff and and we just had to leave and we helped this couple you know kind of hide away and we put them in hotels and stuff so they would be safe with their family and then we left to san diego because we just crossed the border just for a little while and so there's a decision to make so we were just about ready to do our farewell service i'm leaving a lot out but if you listen to the other podcasts like he tells his version so you can hear like his side but we go on the other side and there's a decision to make. And all this time they're still looking for us and they're after us. And, well, not my husband and, you know, this couple. And, and so it's risky. You know, everything we do is it's risky. And so we're thinking, well, you know, I think, you know, one of the pastors said, well, you should just come here now. And then so we're like, we don't want to finish like that. Right. You know, whatever happens, but we want to finish right. It's a risk, but we're going to take it. So we had a farewell service and there's 199 people. And so, um, in you know, four years, right? Like in four yeah, years, the it, church grew that big. It grew, and then there was a, you know growth and and good people and new people and like so much is happening. And so we were able to turn it over to my brother-in-law. Yeah, they kind of look alike, so it's funny. But sorry, you know. But you know, I'm so glad we did that that we were able to finish like that. We're just we're gonna finish right. Did uh, did the people that were in the church realize what was going on when you guys were hiding and some and of all them that? did. Some of them did because some of them were actually involved. Like they came to the scene to help us out. They helped us. So there's a couple things I'm remembering that I'm gonna ask you about. One of them was, I think when he said he came back over for the farewell, mm-hmm. something about a dentist's yes. office. Yeah. Can you tell us about that? Yes. So. <laughs> He went to a dentist's office, which is right by the church, and he went upstairs. And it's kind of a hidden place, so you could tell it's not like out and open. Was he at this part point? Was he going to a regular appointment, or did he yeah, do this? I, oh, okay. I think okay. it was a regular appointment. Okay, if I remember right. And he's getting his teeth working, on, and he says the dentist just starts freaking out, and he's like, "Oh, great!" So you know, and she said, "Why are there armed men here?" And he said, you know what, ma'am, I'm sorry. They're looking for me. They're not going to hurt you. She's like, what did you do? And she's shaking at this. No, nothing. It's just, you know, I'm sorry. So he writes me a note on a paper, you know, just saying, I love you. If anything happens to me, just remember, you know, and he still has that note. And he hands it to her and he says, please, she's a pastor's wife of this church right up here. Please give this to my wife. And he, they were standing there. And then one of the members of our, our church was a, a cop. And like an ex-cop, so he kind of knew. And he happened to call my husband at that time. Hey, Pastor, I was thinking about, are you okay? And he's like, no. And he goes, well, I'm right here out in the plaza where you are. And so he, you know, exchanged words with this, you know, guy with the guns and everything. And, and then he just leaves. But just story after story. How wait, weird. wait, 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 wait. So, okay, so he's in the dentist chair. These yeah. guys are like in the lobby waiting yeah. for him. He writes you that note because he's like, it's over. Yeah, yeah. They came for me. And yeah. so the ex-cop, just his presence alone made the mafia leave, the mafia yeah. dudes. He kind of talked to them like, hey, that's my pastor. You know, you need to leave him alone. And 
Because he was a cop before, so I guess it kind of knew language the language or whatever yeah. the lingo, and, which we know is God. I mean, yeah, what are the right time, right, right there place. at that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even them listening to him. And even them, like, one like person. hey, I have orders. I don't care. Exactly. You know? yeah. And I'm sure there's probably more than one of them. Kind of, hey, that's my pastor. You know, he's a pastor. You know, so just so that, like, to make it clear for the audience, so you witness to your neighbor she got saved. Yeah. The her husband was upset about yeah. her conversion and her going to church. So he was basically physically abusing her. Your husband then confronts her husband and tells him he needs to get saved. At which time the man gets really mad because he's like a mafia member. Yeah. The mafia guy, after three days of consolation and asking to see your husband, he gets saved and he starts attending the church. Yes. Feels convicted about being part of the mafia, gets rid of yeah. we don't know how many Who thousands of what? dollars of drugs. <laughs> yeah. What and you don't do that to the mafia. No. And so then now the hit is on him. Yeah. And because you guys were the one who converted him, you yeah. kind of were looped in. Right. When they come for him, they're shouting for their pastor because you're right next door. Yeah. Just how he gets involved. When he went over there, did you guys stay in the house? Did you leave? Do you remember that? When my husband when your husband door. went next door to like take on the people. Yeah, I was in the house with the kids. You just, so I didn't see you any s- of the things. You stayed in the house. Yeah. You didn't take off or anything. No. Okay. And so then they threatened that they were gonna come back. And now you guys had a choice to make. So yeah. you kinda lay well, you go to San Diego for a while. And then you're like, we're not going to be afraid of this. We want to say goodbye to our church. Yeah, we want to finish right Mm -hmm. and not run. We definitely didn't want to just flee and run and and finish that wave. We wanted to face it, you know. So heroic God intervention story. God miracle. I I remember at one point, like, my husband was just so desperate just to bend you know, to do what was right and not just, okay, just take me out or whatever. You know, we serve a big God and we hear stories all the time in the Bible. So I, I know at one point he said, okay, God, you helped David with Goliath, you know, help me. And, and he did, you know, wow. and he really did. And it's just, just miracles after miracles. One thing I, I do remember and I actually had to be there. My daughter was born and that was scary. I, I couldn't have been scary because I heard all the stories. And this is a big one. This is a big, big testimony. But my, we were living in Tijuana, and a lot of people said, well, why don't you just cross over and have your baby over there? But it wasn't right. It wasn't right because we didn't live there, you know. So I'm not going to say that I lived there if I don't. It just didn't feel right, and, and it wasn't right. So we just they were just blown away, you know. We're going to have our baby in Tijuana, and whatever, you know. That'll help me. But you hear all the stories. Tell me some stories here. Um, they say that, you know, that they, like, have the babies on the floor sometimes because they don't have, you know, beds and, that's and stuff a like that. Yeah. And, you know, the painless and things like that. And so I could have let fear get a hold of me, but, you know, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. So we found this amazing doctor who ends up being saved, born again. We didn't know when we found her who just helped us through the whole thing. And it was actually a very pleasant birth experience. Wow. And 
And that was a miracle too. Yeah. I have problems with, um, I have like a weird blood type. It's like an RH negative. And so I wasn't, I needed a shot really bad. We couldn't find it. So my husband's going all over looking pharmacy. We don't have it. We don't have it. So he's praying, God, I need this. And long story short, he finds it. And it, it's just, it's like really important that I had this mm-hmm. shot. And so he finds it. Jackie's being born. The doctor just lays hands on her. I mean, she's born again. You know, it's just a miracle. Like, what are the odds of this finding, That's you know, amazing. born again doctor? And this is a crazy story. I don't know if you have time. but Yes, we have time. My, my daughter was born, and I have to make her legal in Mexico. And, and everybody says, it's so easy. You just do this. Well, my birth certificate has a different name than I grew up with. And in Mexico, every letter has to be exactly the same. Nothing can be offered. They say, how do I know that's you? And I never, we bought, you know, home and everything. And I never even realized it. So I grew up with a name that wasn't mine. My name was my stepdad's last name. And it was spelled different. It was spelled, I grew up K-L-I. But on my birth certificate, it was a whole different last name, different spelling. So I said, we can't recognize you. So for a little while, my daughter was not American citizen or Mexican citizen, nowhere. I mean, you talk about this is big God. <laughs> we need so back and forth. Where it is, you know, we're going to the Mexican, you know, embassy. You can, we can't help you. You have to fix all this. So how do I fix a birth certificate? I mean, it was just so stressful and emotional and, and just. Mm-hmm overwhelmingly exhausting and so we did not have answers so i hear i find out that i grew up with a name that wasn't mine and then my we got married under that name so my husband's like i married you and it was a different name and it was very crazy and very tiring and so we had to fix that but every time we try to fix something there would be an obstacle there would be like you know, we need this or we need this amount of money or come back. And so at this time, my daughter's not legal anywhere. She doesn't. It's just very, it's turmoil. It's just crazy. And so um, they tell me, tell us, well, you need um, to fix your social security. You need to fix your marriage certificate. You need to do all this. But in order for us to do this, you have to have this form. We have, you know, they have to send you your marriage thing. And they wouldn't send us. They said it was going to take us like a year oh to fix. Oh, my gosh. So I'm not, she's not any, anywhere. You know, right. and I said, this can't be. And then someone tries to kidnap her yeah. six months old. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> gosh. So we're just going back and forth and how to fix it and go back. And then we keep getting told it's going to take years. It's going to take a long time. So my husband, being the prayer warrior that he is, a man of God that is, he believes God, he's praying, he's crying out to God. And this is 2005, so the internet wasn't really taken off quite yet, and especially over there, it was, you know, slow. So we weren't really, you know, in it, but he, he says he gets this thought, like, to go on this website and find this number. Like, in the middle of the night, he shoots out of bed, he's like, I have to do something, and he finds this number, and he calls it, and he talks to this lady, and the lady's like, I don't know how, like, you found this number or whatever, but I'm not supposed to give you this number, but, you know, find it. But so anyway, he, um, he finds a way. Yeah. He finds a way. And at this time, we had a lawyer there in Mexico that was helping us. And even she was like, I'm sorry. You know, I, I'm doing all I can. But, you know, she didn't say you need a miracle, but basically she's just like, I wish I could help you, but I'm doing all I can. But it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a long time. 
So he finds someone that will help him, and um, like a week later, we have the document and leave it in the mail. And he goes to that lawyer, and it was like, I don't know the God you serve, but (laughs) that is a miracle. I can't believe it. I've never seen it in my life. I've never seen anything like that. So cool. So that's another way that I feel like, I feel like missionary stories are usually God bringing the right person at the right time. Yeah. There's all these stories of intervention where it's yeah. God's like, I know who you need to talk to. Here, here they are. So cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And um, she's, and we were able to make her legal. So we crossed over and like, yay. So she's legal and cool. You know? So that was part of the dilemma is that you yeah. wouldn't be able to bring your baby back to the right. state. I couldn't go over there with her. I could go wow. by myself, but I couldn't ever take her. I couldn't bring her. But she, was, she wasn't Mexican citizen or American oh, wow. citizen, either one. So she's just kind of... And now she's both. Yeah, now she's both. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is really cool. And then um, when I was in San Diego, I was praying for a car. Because um, I had, you know, little kids or whatever. And, you know, we had the one car. So I just was praying for a car. And somebody tells, a sinner tells my husband, you know what? I don't know what happened to me. He used to mock my husband like I used to like witness to him and he was ah, whatever and he said I don't know what happened but I need to give you this car to your wife <laughs> I just had a dream and just please like I guess he was so you know overwhelmed by the dream so I'm like he calls my he calls me hey what were you praying for I said I was praying for a car we just got it so he explains to me the story so we take that car to Tijuana and um we're praying or my husband goes to morning prayer with this car and he hears the car leave. He hears it like somebody gets in it and takes off with it. Oh my gosh. And he said, you know what? Nope. I'm going for that car. And I thought, (laughs) I I was at home because, you know, I had little babies. And then so he had little kids. And then he went to prayer, but he's telling me this, you know, later. And he said, I went. I just ran after that car. And I said, I thought, what if they would have had a gun? What if they would have done that? Well, I'm going back for my car. You know, God gave that to me. So I'm not going to let somebody take it for me. Yes, I love that. <laughs> and he did. And he got this teenager. He was on foot. I think my husband and my something, you know, when he tells the teenager, have you ever driven before? And he's like, no. He goes, you are today. Get in that car and follow me. <laughs> he oh makes him drive. And it's like, so he just went after him. And and people that steal cars, they're, they're just quick, you know. Mm-hmm. But he goes, and it's, you know, he's somewhat taken apart. But he gets his car back. Just story after story. It's wow. just like, it just makes you, like, say, when you choose to trust God, it, it can be scary, especially you don't know the outcome. You have no idea. But it's just like, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to trust you. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to work out, but I'm going to trust you. Wow, operating in that confidence. It is, and the dominion that, and it's God that gives you, you know, Mm -hmm. dominion and that Mm -hmm. aggression. Like I'm not gonna just be stepped on by by Mm -hmm. the enemy, by circumstances, and by. What I think stands out to me about these stories that you're telling about your husband is that. That you always hear, like, God's given us dominion, but you kind of have to take it. You have to take it. Like, he, you mm-hmm. know, if he just sat there in prayer, it was like, oh, man, you know. Took my car. Yeah, 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 exactly. But he's like, God gave me that car. I'm going after it. God's going to help me get it. It's kind of like that confidence in the dominion or something. I don't know how like, he acts on it. I'm not going to be intimidated. Let's drive up to your mom's house and take dominion you know it's like wow you know it's dominion and it's faith yeah and it's like like bold faith is what i want to call it 
Mm-hmm. You know, I am believing God and I'm, I'm being aggressive about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's how we've been able to see, you know, so many miracles. Right. Yeah. Like that. Wow. That's awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for coming thank on. Thank you for having me. And this is gonna, this is gonna minister. It is. <laughs> this is gonna. Even if it's just for me, you know. <laughs> I know it's amazing. It's awesome. I do remember uh, really quickly about. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I feel like I need to share because you asked yeah. about healing, but um, my husband went to somebody asked him to pray for a girl. I think she was like twenty years old, and she was dying. I mean, literally, she. She was just just stepping into eternity almost. And I don't, you know, she was somebody, somebody, and she wasn't part of our church. And they asked my husband to pray. And he goes in there to pray. And it's just this atmosphere of you feel death. I mean, you could feel that. Just the spirit of death is the best way to describe it. And the family there were not liking him being there. And so he just... If you looked at the girl, she was pretty much gone. Like, it was a hopeless situation, basically. And so my husband lays hands on her, you know, basically ignores the glares and the daggers and the, you know, the the intensity of, of the family not liking him being there. And he just chose to ignore that, lays hands on the girl and, and prays for her and leaves. And then he goes home and then he comes back the next day to pray for her. And he goes in this room and he sees sees this girl dressed and standing up. And he's like, I was looking for her. And then she's like, I'm that girl that was in that bed that was that you prayed for me. And she's just like full of joy and, and just totally healed and just like, it sounds like Bible text. I know. I know that's Amazing. what I was going to say. Praise God. Like uh, Peter's mother-in-law. Yes. Yeah, the She's chosen. Like, I need to eat something. You're like, or I need to cook. Sorry. It's like get she gets up and, and starts oh, cooking. Yeah. You're Did like, something cooks for you. What? Just in time for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. So cool. It's a wrap. And now it's documented.